Ecclesiology is the study of the ecclesia of the church. And in seminary, I had a class on ecclesiology. One of my assignments is I had to go to my teaching parish and interview a bunch of parishioners about their thoughts and their ideas about the church. And part of that was the ideas about the hierarchy and the clergy. And so that parish had a priest and a deacon, and so they talked about, you know, their deacon. They talked all about deacons. They talked about their pastor, their priest, and all kinds of things that he did and who he was and what they liked about him, what they didn't like about him, mostly liked about him. But, and then when I came to talking about bishops and, and our bishop, this is many years ago, this is even before the, the clergy sex abuse scandal really broke in our archdiocese. When I came to the bishop, they really didn't have any idea of who the bishop was or what a bishop is or what they do. There's a picture of him on the wall, that's about all they knew. You know, somehow he's an important person. And uh, I found that so enlightening. Because in seminary, we're around bishops all the time. The bishop has to accept you to seminary. Uh, you know, I read the catechism even before I went to seminary. I knew a lot about bishops. But for most of the faithful in the pews, a bishop is a mystery. He is the head shepherd, but like, I don't really get what that's all about. Much less do they know him personally, have actually like interacted with him. I think one of the fruits of our present modern age and also of um, our archdiocesan synod is a lot of people have at least heard Archbishop Hebda like talking to the camera. They've at least heard some words from him uh, face-to-face, so to speak. But this morning on this feast day of uh, two of the first bishops, Simon and Jude apostles, I want to talk about bishops for just a little bit. First of all, the twelve apostles are the first bishops. They are the apostles and the bishops are their successors. They carry on the work of the Twelve. The word bishop in the Greek, New Testament, simply means overseer, episkopos, one who looks over and governs over others. Kind of the head cheese, all right? Episkopos, he's an overseer. He oversees the church. We know that bishops are ordained. There's a sacrament of holy orders given to them. And there's three, three ranks of holy orders. There's deacons. There's presbyters, that's priests, and then there's bishops. Bishops have the fullness of holy orders. They're still deacons, they're still priests, but they have the fullness of the grace God's given them to shepherd his church. So a bishop is overseeing, is governing, and teaching and sanctifying his local flock, which in the very early church was just like a house church. It was just like a bunch of people. And then it became maybe like a a single church in the city, And now we have entire states and provinces which are dioceses. The word diocese comes from the word house, basically. So the overseer of the house. A bishop is ordained in a sacred ceremony where the bishop before him is laying hands on his head. The laying of hands is an important ritual of imparting the Holy Spirit to one's successor in ministry. The bishop lies down on the cathedral floor and is prayed over with the litany of the saints, similar to a priest. And then after the prayer of ordination, which completes the ordination, then there's a a sign that's really beautiful. It's the sacred chrism. There's sacred chrism right there in the oil cabinet. It's the one that smells really nice. We use it for confirmations, for baptisms, for consecrating churches. After the bishop is ordained a bishop, he kneels down, and another bishop pours holy chrism on the crown of his head, and it drips all over. 
When I was ordained a priest, I just had a little bit of that chrism put on my hands to consecrate them to serve God's people. I just had a little bit. The bishop gets dunked in chrism. Remember, chrism is the same word as Christ, anointed. You're now being anointed from head to toe with the fullness of Christ's shepherding power so God's people can know the Lord. And that smell, I know from Bishop Cousin's ordination, just wafted off of him for days. Took a few showers to kind of get that perfume off, but the idea is that Christ is so possessing this person that it's like he's just like a perfume coming out of this bishop. Bishops are have been in the news a lot for horrible things the last few decades, haven't they? But really, they're meant to be filled with the the beautiful fragrance of Christ. They're meant to be holy, extremely holy. That's why we we pray for them every Mass. Every Mass we pray for our local bishops. The bishops are part of a college, right? So even though they have their own flock, they're part of the College of Bishops. Bishops have a communion among themselves uh, across the entire globe uh, with the Pope, the Bishop of Rome, at the center. He's this pole around which they kind of have centrifugal force. And a college really means to read together, to see the lines together. So the bishops are meant to be united as a college, not just acting on their individual whims, but acting in union with Jesus, handing on that original deposit of faith. Finally, one thing that people are often confused about is there's so many different kinds of bishops, right? There's bishops archbishops, auxiliary bishops, cardinal bishops. Those, all those kind of distinctions are coming from church law. They aren't instituted by Christ. Christ did institute three ranks of ministers, deacons, priests, and bishops. But cardinals are kind of a newer thing. An archbishop versus a bishop is just kind of a helpful distinction for one who's in like a big city or a big diocese. But, you know, the, strictly speaking, cardinals aren't essential to the church. Having archbishops or auxiliary bishops, that's not essential to the church. Christ didn't establish that. But Christ did establish an order of bishops to be the successors of the apostles so that Christ's flock would never be without shepherds who they could actually talk to and actually meet with and actually be blessed by. Christ Jesus doesn't merely shepherd his church invisibly through his grace in our hearts. He shepherds his church visibly through sacramental ministers. So this morning, brothers and sisters, I just want to share some of those, some of those truths with you that come from our faith, and also ask you to pray for our bishops, our Archbishop Hebda, Auxiliary Bishop Joseph, all the bishops of the world, and the Bishop of Rome, the Pope, to pray for them. Like these 12, Jesus called all of them. He didn't call them because of their gifts or talents necessarily. He didn't call them because they wanted to become bishops. Jesus called them through the mystery of the church, and these bishops all said yes. And it's definitely a tough job. It's a tough vocation. But Jesus chose them. We pray for them. We pray for them to be holy. We honor their office, even those bishops who have not taught the faith completely, even those bishops who have failed to protect the flock, we pray for them. And we honor their office that Christ gave them, even if they should be more holy than they are. So let's pray for them today. Let's acknowledge them as successors. Let's remember that Christ called them to this ministry. And if Christ called them to this, then we should pray for them 
to be faithful, to be holy, and we should do our best to love them.